Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Renoy, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year! <laughs> this is a, a time when a lot of us are making resolutions, making plans for the year. Katie hasn't told me what mine are yet, so... <laughs> But a lot of therapists at this time of year, new year, new me, make it, make a new business plan. You know, if 2020 didn't make us all like temper those expectations for what can happen in a year, then this is your reminder that it's no longer 2020, but yay! <laughs> we wanted to talk about a conversation that we hear from time to time from some of our modern therapists of like, you guys do a really good job of pushing people outside their comfort zones. Go and take that next step to tackle the new thing. Start a practice. Outgrow your office. Sell a course. But I don't want to. Like, what if I... <laughs> what, is there this pressure to go and be a entrepreneur or a, a thought leader? And our answer really is no. You don't have to. It's okay to just be you. <laughs> it's okay to just be you and you don't have to be a thought leader. So that is, that's what we're saying here, right? Yep. Okay. So the idea of thought leader to me seems like one that we need to at least define a bit because some people might be like, hey, I'm a student. What do you mean by being a thought leader? Why would a therapist be a thought leader? <laughs> okay. So the, the first rule of thought leaders don't don't assign yourself the title of thought leader. This is a this is one of those things where you can't give yourself a nickname. And thought leader is one of those things that you kind of have to earn and have bestowed upon you. Otherwise, it's just like you you look really uncool, and you're probably not a thought leader if you're calling yourself one. It's like going around and saying I'm super cool. I I wouldn't know because I have never said that. <laughs> So you can't, you, you have to earn it. So you cannot assign to yourself the title thought leader. I think that's good advice. I think we still need to define it though. My sense of it and, and, and just kind of looking around the interwebs very quickly, being a thought leader is being a trusted expert, the go-to authority, the person who is thinking big thoughts and sharing them in a way that's accessible and as I was looking at it, a type of content marketing. <laughs> and so I, you know, when I think of thought leader and I think of thought leadership, you know, kind of old school thought leadership before everybody got their 15 minutes of fame, like these would be the people who were 
in these ivory towers and, and doing research and doing these fancy, fancy things that, you know, philosophers and, and researchers and all of that. And now it's, now it's, it's a type of content marketing. It really is. And I kind of look at this whole thing of, of who falls down into thought leaders as falling into one of two categories. And, and many people in this space end up doing some version of both. But where I see thought leaders are category one is people who repackage good ideas that are already out there in a way that fits within them and their style and you know, their personal brand and sure. makes it make sense for other people from that angle. And so it's not really reinventing the wheel. It's making wheels in the color of you. <laughs> the second category is people who make the, these great prognostications, these great ideas, predictions, and they happen to be right about stuff. And this might come from a, an informed place, but being able to really predict the future and be right about it. The thought leaders, the ones who are seen as innovators are the ones who are kind of like, oh, you know, in, in the year 2030, everything is going to be, it's it's no longer going to be broccoli and cauliflower and bacon. It's going to be split peas. Like, <laughs> you know, that are like, oh, you know, they're, they're right on these really, you know, super specific things. But it might just be kind of a garbage prediction it might come from a place of like, I, I work in the vegetable industry and I, I know you know what's coming up here, but it it's really making a prediction that you get lucky on and don't really have the ability to recreate that luck over and over again. Some people do, but a lot of who ends up getting considered to be thought leaders in any number of industries are people who've repackaged good things that are already out there in their own way. I mean, look at, you know, in our field, the there's cognitive behavioral therapy, and then there's about 75 different offshoots of CBT that <laughs> people repackage in their own ways. And, and you'll see criticisms of this, you know, acceptance and commitment therapy gets, gets this. So it's, it's repackaged CBT. And it's amazing. People mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. And Stephen Hayes has done a really good job of making it in the way that works for him. And people respond to it. It's not, you know, necessarily predicting like here, here's where things are going to be. It's it's a repackaged and really well done and, and researched way of doing something that's already out there in a way that makes sense for him. Sure. And I think that to to be clear i think that sometimes repackaging is necessary whether it's repackaging in the color of you <laughs> you know that the the wheel is now the color of you or or to take in new information whether it's more culturally humble or sensitive if it's if it's bringing it into a new population i mean there's there's some if we if we expand out the repackaging, it could also be something that is taking something and building on it. And mm -hmm. so that's part of the repackaging. But I think there's a type of thought leadership that I actually think is the most important thought leadership, the good kind of thought leadership in addition to kind of the the repackaging that is not just, you know, fancy plagiarism, but actually building on something. But this other idea is brand new perspective, 
maybe it's not prognostication, but it's looking at what the world accepts as true and turning it on its head, right? So I think there is thought leadership that also is about having a brand new perspective on the world, on the problems that we face, and then finding a solution based on that brand new perspective. I agree. I think that, you know, this kind of comes in a, you know, repackaging looks in a number of different ways. I'll put this into my category one of even just (laughs) looking at something differently, which a lot of us have been taught how to do. Uh, that that's just by virtue of being through higher education and master's programs is being able to look at things from a number of different perspectives, even if that means in ways that haven't been looked at before. And a lot of it comes from being able to do creativity. And again, I'll come back to this comes to how well you fit within your space to do this because I think the part that I hear from a lot of our listeners when it comes to, do I have to do this? Do I have to go out and be big and develop a million followers? Is <laughs> do do you do it really well? You know, if your goal is to get followers, there's ways that you can go out and buy lists of Instagram followers that just sure. are are hollow. But if what you do is something that you really enjoy and it gets five people who are, you know, really into it, then that's doing it really well for you. And this comes down to that idea of it's doing leadership. It's doing the things that work for the people in the right situations that make it work. Sure. I think that's also a form of thought leadership. Thought leadership isn't necessarily based on the numbers, right? Like I could be a thought leader with five people who think I'm amazing and I could be a thought leader with 5 billion people who think I'm amazing. I think that the step further that I would go, because I think there's people who are trained to be therapists that like thought leadership, like why would, why would a therapist be front and center? Why would a therapist be putting that forward? And to explain that it's branding and then it's it's also a way to get clients because you're the go-to expert. But to me, when I when I think about this, I think that there's this notion that to be successful as an entrepreneur, you have to do this type of marketing. This is content marketing, this is personal branding, this is, hey, I'm out front. And I think I would go even further than that <laughs> of saying like, hey, just do you and get five followers. I'm saying don't do it if you don't want to. Like being a therapist doesn't require you to be a thought leader. Being a therapist doesn't require you to have these gigantic businesses and that kind of stuff. Like it can be something where you can be the best darn therapist in the room and you get clients from word of mouth. You do, you you find other ways to get clients besides quote unquote thought leadership. I think there's this pressure and especially around this time, I usually also feel it around like, Black Friday, when there's like all the sales, you know, that are coming into the new year, like it's, you must do this thing to become this type of an entrepreneur. And I think that there's not as much space for, I have my little private practice. It takes care of me. It, it fills me up and I'm able to see clients who I work very well with 
and and I can do that and I don't have to have a side hustle or I don't have to have a big speaking career or I don't ha- like it's it's this pressure that if you're feeling burned out the solution is to go outside of the field go outside of our profession try new business things and part of that is this gigantic amount of visibility Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out of network therapy as a therapist you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. I'm hearing a couple of points out of what you're saying. One is at any point in the year, you can come up with all of these ideas and all of these opportunities and (laughs) ignore them like a week later, because even though you've bought them, it doesn't fit within your schedule or your energy level or anything like that. So align with your values and your skills and all that good stuff. Right. Sure. So it's not just a resolution type thing, you know, beginning of the year sort of thing. You can you can ignore all of those things any point in time. At any time of the year. You can also be very energized by them at any point in the year. Yes. <laughs> the second piece of this is, and you just said it again here, is it comes down to your values. Mm-hmm. That what you value versus what, you know, don't let us tell you what your values are. Like you yeah. have the ability to come and work towards your goals and your means. And there are plenty of people who don't need to be out in front of everything. Content creation can be exhausting. That podcasts that Katie and I do, the blogs that we write, the workshops that we develop, the million other things that we (laughs) somehow end up doing. I have quickly learned that this is not for everybody. And it's not even for me all of the time. That these are things that come down to... A third piece out of this is that self-care aspect Mm -hmm. that when we take care of ourselves first, it puts us in the space to be able to potentially be creative. But when you're doing these things towards developing a following, towards adding all of this stuff, if that's not something that you find is sustainable or that you're not excited about, that's the thing that turns a lot of people off too. And it is okay. Once again, this is coming down to knowing what your values are, knowing what you're capable of, knowing if you actually need to do this. Not everyone needs to go out and have all of this stuff because if what your practice is, is something that takes care of you and you feel really fulfilled by it, use your time and energy towards that thing that's fulfilling. Don't Mm -hmm. try and go and build a, a YouTube channel or something like that if you're already feeling taken care of, not everything has to be, you know, this uber economically productive 
side hustle or anything else like that. You can just have like regular hobbies that you do for a while and then be like, I'm done with that hobby. Like that was, that was a nice like month of doing puzzles. And now I'm, you know, onto, you know, cross stitching or whatever it is like that doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to make like a Etsy page just because, you know, you're turning something into something that takes care of you. Exactly. I think the, the, point that came up for me when you were talking was this idea around the way that we solve the problem of burnout or not making enough money or those types of things. Because for me, I think that there's find things that you're, you enjoy, you know, if cross stitch is your do, game, just do it. You don't have to, you know, make money at it. But I think that there's also this this pain point that I think a lot of therapists get to, whether it's when they're in public mental health or, or working for someone else, like in a group practice or even in their own practice, where they're exhausted, they know they're working too much, they're like, okay, I'm ready to stop trading time for dollars. And it all of a sudden it becomes like, I have to go from this place to this magical place where I'm sitting on a beach. And money keeps coming in from these side hustles and I'm being asked to speak on big stages. Like it, it's something where it's this fantasy land that we go to, that we have to create these big changes. And so as, as we progress through, especially if you're able to even get to the place where you're able to create the courses or the podcasts or the blah, blah, blahs, if the goal becomes thought leadership and you're a therapist who high quality, value, good clinical efficacy, that you have, you know, strong values, all of those things. And, and some of these things with thought, thought leadership is having your system and having your, your program and your package and your perspective, the, the jump that you have to make in order to get to that thought leadership is one of, is this truly unique enough to be called thought leadership? Am I just claiming someone else's stuff, which can feel morally ambiguous, if not wrong? You know, like you want to be very thoughtful about how you're repackaging things, if that's in indeed what you're doing. And then it's also for folks who are tired of marketing, it's a whole bunch of marketing. <laughs> and so it's, it's this solution that I think does work for folks, especially people who have big ideas. I mean, I work with a lot of these folks. So I, I, I also know that this can be the right choice for many people, but if it's just I'm burned out, so I need to create some sort of passive income and I need to become a thought leader, it, it doesn't necessarily align. That's not necessarily the solution. It's just creating different problems because you have to make sure that you actually have something new to say, and then you have to put yourself under a microscope or out in, in public in a, in a way that may feel very uncomfortable for a therapist who's been sitting in a room being, you know, mostly in a lot of cases, at least partially anyway, invisible. Mm -hmm. So, so to me, I think it, it's something where some of the solutions may be fixing your business <laughs> right, and not, and, and fixing how you practice and maybe finding ways to rejuvenate yourself or, or do things within the therapy practice in order to feel more fulfilled, have a more lucrative income, blah, 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 versus feeling like you have to transform yourself into this big public figure. As I was listening to you, I was 
kind of coming up with these ideas of, you know who this sounds like is influencers. That mm-hmm. if this is where what you're looking for is that fulfillment of getting followers, getting you know people, getting page views, getting whatever is the next step. If that just comes down to a validation of your work, or if that comes mm-hmm. down to seeing some sort of tangible you know, growth that you're not finding in your practice, but you don't find yourself drawn to creating this kind of content, tracing back where that desire is to the problem that's created, as Katie mentioned, it might be that you need to do something different with your practice that does fit more within your wheelhouse of being able to take care of yourself, see some of that growth. Yeah. That it's finding the right solution for the problem that you have, not just seeking out a solution because the people who are out there doing the influencing sort of stuff seem to be getting an attention that you don't, that you might need, but it might need to come from a different place for you. Yeah. I mean, I think there's different reasons people become thought leaders, right? Like there's the folks who are doing it because they think they have to in order to create a business that's more sustainable for them. So that was one element. There are people who want to be out front and get that validation and and get that visibility. I mean, that's probably, I probably sit more there because I want to, I want everyone to see me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and certainly I, you know, I grapple with, you know, kind of what, messages I put forward and those kinds of things, because there's things that I feel like I could do on a bigger scale if I got bigger, you know, if I got a bigger following. I mean, there's also the the more like validation needs of, I want people to like me <laughs> that can certainly go into that. I'll add in mine, because I think mine comes even from a different place is I see things from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And and I want to challenge traditional norms. And this doesn't have to come from developing a following to do it. Yeah, it sure helps when I have other voices backing up my angle on things. Sure, but, sure. but I, I think that this is a non-exhaustive list. It sure, comes back yeah. to knowing your why. But you were saying. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, is just this idea around the the people who successfully navigate to thought leadership. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. A lot of the times, and I know that there's probably, you know, like the Brene Browns and the Esther Perels and that kind of stuff are probably a different category than this, but maybe not. But like I see people who have a very clear vision of how they want to change the world, how they want to help people, whatever it is, you know, kind of what their message is. And it feels like the message is powerful enough and central enough that that helps them move forward. And and the personal brand is kind of writing the tales of that. Like that feels like those folks feel like they're more aligned than the person that's like, Hey, I've got a course. So I've got to get people to think I'm a, 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 an expert in underwater basket weaving. Like, so I have to have all these ideas, these big ideas about underwater basket weaving so that people will find me and, and, and sell my course. Like, I feel like, when you're really looking at thought leadership, 
it should, the leading force should be the thoughts, not the person in my mind. I think that that is where we see some of, you know, these descriptions of, of an avenue that ends up feeling kind of cult-like and, and not in like the, <laughs> the, the traditional bad cults, but kind of in the, you know, look at something like the therapy movement. <laughs> We don't encourage people to give us all of their worldly possessions and distance no, themselves don't. from their families. <laughs> Not a cult. Not a cult. <laughs> Not a cult. <laughs> but you know, when we describe cult-like behaviors, when you know, sure. oh, there, there's that weird group of people who are out there doing something. That part of it is a force of personality that is, again, that type of leadership. Sure. And fair point. I don't think that they are separate enough. I mean, I don't think they're as separate as as you say that they are, because there does have to be some sort of gravitation to an idea that may be driven by somebody who has to be at least, you know, liked enough to have people back up that idea. Sure. I, I, I take some of what I said back. I think that to me, I think if you if you have the force of personality and no new ideas to share, you probably still could get at least cult leader status. <laughs> but I think that there's this, when you've got a big idea, a, a, a helpful perspective and that force of personality, I think that can be a, a very strong place, I think, to land in thought leadership. But I think for the therapists who maybe don't feel like their personality is that big or, you know, cult inducing. <laughs> I think it's just, it's another reminder, like have big ideas, do the work and maybe be less focused on the outcome of the, le the, the, the likes, the follows those things. It's, I mean, it's, it all is in service to the work, right? So if, mm -hmm. if you need to get clients and, and you want to do content marketing, that's fine. You don't have to set the standard of thought leadership as the goal. Like it can be do the best work that you can do. If you don't want to go into some sort of a side hustle or something else to try to fix your lack of meaning or your burnout problem, maybe look within your profession first before you completely transform into kind of thought leader, the thought leader trajectory. So to kind of turn this into a, all right, you don't have to do these things. If you're looking for a, all right, whew, I, I have the permission to not <laughs> do those things. We do want to leave you with maybe some directions to go if you do find yourself wanting to do something more, but definitely don't want to go out and develop a following or create a bunch of stuff. And this will come back to, you know, have a, have a really good kind of perspective of where you're at with your practice, with yourself as an individual, with what you're doing with your clients. And that takes a you know, really you know, strong inventory of what you're doing and what you actually like about what you're doing, what you can leave behind and you know, be a leader for yourself. Be yes. really good at being you. And part of that is looking at, is there places that I can improve? And we talked with Julie Harris a couple of weeks ago and had her say, you know, this might be, you know, a place of like, you have to uncomfortably look at your finances. That That's one piece yeah. of having a business, but uncomfortably look at the things that are just kind of pushing you along. If you're feeling drawn to do something, but 
don't want to do these bigger things, take an uncomfortable look at where you're at. So that way you can develop a little bit more of a roadmap for yourself, for your practice, for what you're doing. If you're at an agency job, it might help you to be able to look at even just kind of some of the systems that you develop for yourself there. I think that's a really good point. And I would even add a, another just small element to it is, is after you've done this assessment, I think it needs to be uncomfortable looking at where you can grow and change. But I think identifying a path forward that isn't going to to get you stuck. Because I've, I've seen folks who are like, well, I need to change things. And then they identify the thing they need to change is a thing that is the hardest thing for them to do and actually isn't totally aligned with their skills and interests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think it's it's the assessment of your capacities, the assessment of what you're doing now, but also stepping outside of shoulds. Because I think there's so many shoulds around how we operate as clinicians, how we operate as business owners, how we operate as employees or supervisors. So I think it's, if you can throw away the box (laughs) and actually say, if I could do anything I wanted, what would it be? If I could have my work life look any way I wanted, what would that be? I think those those types of things, just grabbing a, a completely different perspective can be very, very helpful in in getting to a what is missing and what can I actually or what do I want to get rid of, you know? And I think that's I think that's hard because we're oftentimes so stuck in the day-to-day grind that 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 really getting outside and, and doing that self-assessment and then throwing away parameters that are limiting the options that we see you know, that's, that's just tough. It's just tough. But, but I think, and sometimes having an outside, you know, kind of pair of eyes, someone that's completely objective, not in your life can be helpful to do that. But I think unless you can do that, and I think what ends up happening, I know I'm kind of rambling, but I think what ends up happening in that situation where you do jump to quote unquote, the thought leadership paths is that you have pulled yourself way outside of the box and then you identify why you're not doing it. You identify what you don't want to do. <laughs> and then you might go back and, and start again versus, you know, taking the moment where you are now to throw off the constraints of your current situation. Those all sound like self-leadership sort of things. That They do. Yes, they do. And it's scaling it down to you it's scaling it down to you and your practice and it's being able to actually just be the the best you you know new year new you new year best you new year just kind of more efficient you (laughs) find find your best space there Katie had written a blog a while ago on this very same thing. We'll include that in our show notes, and you can find those at mtsgpodcast.com. And while you're over there, you can check out all of the things that we're putting together for the Therapy Reimagined 2021 conference. And we're just going to have continuous updates there. Check them out on the website. Also join our Facebook group, the Modern Therapist Group. Follow our social medias. And until next time, I'm Kurt Woodhelm with Katie Vernoy. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com.
You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code MODERN gets you two free months.